Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post. Next up, we have comedian and actor, Haha Davis. Haha went from making popular comedy skits on social media to making movies alongside Cat Williams and Mike Epps. He's currently touring comedy clubs and shooting the upcoming feature film, Stealing Jokes. Coming up, I talked to Haha about his experience of posting his first video, his path towards fitness, and the one comedian he's dying to work with. Up next, Haha Davis. Let's go. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. Download the podcast, leave a five-star rating. Who was your favorite guest? What's been your favorite theme? What about Gone in 60 Seconds? Your favorite last call? Introduce a friend, a coworker, a family member to this good old-fashioned soul food. Because this week's theme is self-promotion. There's no shame in helping others see your value. When you hear an opportunity, don't be afraid to nominate yourself. If you made something recently that you're proud of, put it in a group chat. It's not bragging. It's allowing others to see what you're capable of while celebrating yourself, which is something we don't do enough. And there's so many tools that we have to use to our advantage. Put your work on social media. Post your stats on LinkedIn. You never know who's watching. You and your skill set may be exactly what they're looking for, but they'll never know until you put yourself out there. My next guest knows all about that. Haha started out making funny and relatable videos on IG and Vine. He used self-promotion to gain millions of followers on social media, and now he's gaining traction in a comedy and acting game. My brother from the east side of Detroit is starring in movies alongside Mike Epps and Cat Williams. Coming up, I'll talk to Haha about his experience of posting his first video, his path toward fitness, and the one comedian he's dying to work with. Up next, Haha Davis. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. I do this show each week. I have guests, I have friends, I have artists, I have people I respect, but every now and then, I'm going to have family on. And my brother is not only the funniest man on the internet, he done took it to stand-up and to movies. Ha Ha Davis started out making videos online, now with over 7 million followers, and newly announced film, stealing jokes, he's everywhere, and I'm proud of my brother. 
please, it's an honor to welcome Carlos Haha Davis to the Renaissance, man. Good to see you, family. Yes, sir. Uh, I appreciate that, that way you introduced me. You, you hyped me up. You took me to another level. No doubt. That's how we got to do it. <laughs> and I must say this. I got to ask questions like I don't know the answers because I got to get this audience to get to know you and you killing them in the New York Post. I'm going to not only do a podcast, but write an article about you. I have to ask you, what was it like growing up on the east side of Detroit? Man, the, the east side of Detroit really just was, obviously, you know, we come from like poverty and, you know, gang violence and stuff like that. But the east side taught us how to hustle. Mm. Like, I don't think I could have been from nowhere else and learned how to hustle the way I learned how to hustle. We all hustle everybody around the world. Now, I don't think nobody in the world can hustle like people from the east side or the west side of Detroit, just Detroit, period. When did you know not only that you were funny, but being funny could be a lifestyle and you could make a living out of it? I think when I knew I was funny was like 2015 when I got with Snoop. When Snoop finally, Snoop was the first celebrity to follow me. Dope. I was like, okay, maybe I might be I might be funny a little bit. Twenty, I didn't start making money off of it until like 2017, 2018. I had like 3.5 million followers, but I was living in my mom's basement, mm. not making no money at all. But like 2018 was when I was like, okay, maybe this thing might change my life for real through downloading a free app. Talk to me about the years where you were pursuing your career, but as you mentioned, still grinding, living in your mother's basement. What was it like? Give encouragement to the young up-and-coming entrepreneurs, entertainers, comedians who are right now hoping to pursue their careers, but they're also living in their mother's basement. For me, the only thing I would, I would t tell them that I stick to all the time is never allow nobody to tell you what you can't do. Because when I was down there grinding for three and a half years, she was telling me, hey, it's time to go for you to go get a job. It's time to get a job. Like, mom, it's going to pop off for me. But even when I thought it was going to pop off, it still didn't pop off. It popped off maybe six months after that. So I say, now don't even let your mom tell you what you can't do. I mean, obviously we got to listen to our parents, but no doubt, I, we we can't allow them to tell us what our dreams are. So, as an entrepreneur and entertainer, I have to ask: when you're watching television shows growing up, what were some of the things that you enjoyed watching, and 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 the ones that inspired you? Like cartoons or just like shows in general? All of the above. You had the remote control in your hand. And I know you from the east side. And yeah. the, the, the the TV that worked was sitting on top of the TV that didn't work. What was you watching? Yeah. <laughs> you know what's crazy? Like we talk, we taking it back in time. My my mom used to watch a lot of Matlock. A lot of people don't mm. remember Matlock. Matlock classic. was a classic. Like yeah. I used to be watching Matlock all the time. Like I, it got a point where I wanted to just go out and just start investigating things on my own. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> like I was a big Matlock fan. Yeah, I was watching Matlock. Obviously, a lot of cartoons that we grew up on. You know what I mean? But Matlock was like one of the shows that I would I would tune in, and I was a kid watching it. What about movies? Some of the favorite movies that inspired you as it related to comedy. Um, I gotta say, like uh. Because Minister Society was the original movie, but mm. Drinking Juice in the Hood was like one of my classics. No doubt. That's a classic. Like Drinking Ju Minister Society, Drinking Juice in the Hood, that was a classic in my book. Like it was like one of the original movies I've seen. Like, bro, I, I really need to be a part of something like that. 
That was hilarious. I remember that the Wayans put it down, not only with their family, and I remember Martin being filmed out of Detroit, like so many classic comedy stand-ups. So what are some of your favorite stand-ups of people that you inspire or inspired by growing up? Definitely, it got to be Martin. You got to be number one on my list because Martin changed the game for us. Like mm. when you're talking about like skits and, and, and scripted comedy, he was like one of the originals. I mean, I know you had like In Living Color, but like Martin was like one of the first guys to like do it independently on his own. But my comedy was more like Bernie Mac. Mm. I love recipes, Bernie Mac. I was, I was a diehard Bernie Mac fan. To this day, like I, I still quote Bernie Mac, and I, I think my comedy more like Bernie Mac's. Well, I ain't scared of you, mother. I, I ain't scared of you. You know what's going on. Like that, that was him letting y'all know, like, I'm here now. I have arrived. And, and also, so not only growing up, like, looking up to people like Bernie Mac, but now you starring in films with Mike Epps yeah. and Pat Williams. How Absolutely. crazy is it to be on set with them, like, setting up your own skits? And what yeah. is your best memory as an actor so far? My best memory would probably be like, uh, be like Cat, Cat, and Mike, cause Mike, he was more of one of them guys who, he was always funny and he was always, you know, what I mean, kick. But like Cat Williams, more than one of them guys who, he went to the car like, he wasn't, you ain't about to get no jokes out of him. Cat was like, he was like Cat, he wasn't bullying me on set, but he was like, he was like, <laughs> he was pulling my coattail every time I would say something. So any joke that would come out of my mouth, be like, nah, that ain't it. This, that, and third, but. I'm thinking, I'm thinking that he just didn't like him, but it was more like he was just being like that big brother. You know, when you're a rookie in the oh, NFL. Yes, yes. He was treating me like that. But yes. then at the, end of, at the end of the movie, he came to my trade. was like, bro, I'm a fan. And That's it was just dope. dope to see that. That's it was dope. dope to see that. So what is it like for you? Because I remember I just recorded, and you're going to be proud of your OG. I just yeah. recorded an episode of BMF. Classic. We need that. In the D at the Fox with Meech. But I got a, I can't front. I was looking around. I was the only person taking the paper out of his pocket trying to still remember their lines. See, so the, what the is it like for you as an actor? Yeah. For me, like, the thing I learned is that you got to remember the line before your line. That's how I remember all my lines. Mm. So if I know what line it is before my line, I know where, where I'm going next. That's how I learned how to remember my lines. But, like, for me, like, now, I mean, it, it, it's kind of more, it's easy because a lot of times when you're on set, well, in comedy movies, the director, he going to, most times he going to rewrite what you already thought you knew. Mm. Like, the more action-packed, so they going to they gonna leave that for what it is. But when you're doing a comedy, you as a comedian, as a director, your mind is always racing. Like, how are we going to scratch that? Wait, I've been learning these lines for two days. Hold on. I'm always prepared, ready to, ready to go with my lines. One of the things that people that now are fans of yours because you've done a great job of just like extending your brand and shout out to my brother Envy and your team yes. from the east side of Detroit who stand up for you. You know, I got a chance to come on your show, got a chance to yeah. break bread and you know, we family. But Absolutely. one of the things about your journey is the one with fitness. And yeah. I have to ask you, because I talk about this with athletes all of the time. Like, we were just talking about Zion Williamson. He did a 360, and people was talking about his weight. And so mm -hmm. I have to ask you, like, what is the difference in yourself when you look in the mirror now versus how you saw and felt yourself before you started that journey? Uh, the difference now is that 
I'm confident. The, the confidence level went to a whole another level because I'm a, I'm a smaller guy. I'm five foot six, two hundred and one pounds, looking like a ball of meat. This ain't gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> so now I've lost fifty pounds. Like when I look in the mirror now, I'm confident. I feel great. Like I, my, one of my goals is I, I want to be. I want to be Michael B. Jordan in this game. I want to mm. be considered a sex symbol too. Like no okay, doubt. even if y'all don't, don't 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 love me like that, oh, the women gonna come watch me because like oh, I want to see how high because we love him. No, you know no. what I'm saying? I'm trying. I'm trying to really become one of those guys in the industry, like funny, charming, and he's great at what he do, which is acting. And also, you got to be the kind of guy to take off his shirt. So that's I'm yeah. on that too. Like I've been trying to be on my little fashion thing, and I'm like, these shirts too small. They like, no, nah, they swim fit. I'm like, well, damn, I gotta stay in shape to wear this. You know what I'm saying? I'll be looking crazy. So for you, like, say it's a show day. Mm-hmm. And you got a big set. And right. what is your routine like that day? And what is your theme song? What are you getting? What are you wearing? Like, what is it like for you on show day? Show day, like if it's act, like when it's a big show, like my last show, you know, I did in Detroit. We did the music. Mm, I'm so mad I missed it. Yeah, I know you the- saw I had to work that day. I'm gonna yeah. ask you about that. <laughs> man, I'm <laughs> mad. We brought the city out, man. It was crazy. Man. But- but the day of the show, like I'm in my room, I'm not really leaving the room too much. Like NBA, he gonna he'll bring my food up, you know what I mean, something to drink, and then I'm just in the room watching TV a little bit. But every show, I, I'm, I'm gonna throw the Jordan ones on, mm-hmm. the Nike socks, you know what I mean, some comfortable mm-hmm. jogging pants, and then like a nice shirt. But right when it's time to go, what I'm listening to, people don't know, I'm I'm only listening to Chance, and this song came out six, seven years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Summer Friends, Chance the Rapper. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of my that's one of my class. You know, I was on that that album, so it's like. I really locked in with that song. Like when I'm headed to the shows, that's the only song I can hear. I don't hear nothing else. It's like one of my lock-in songs. That's dope. And I have to ask, and you know, I'm I'm a huge fan of all areas comedy. And yeah. as an entertainer and as a commentator, like I have to say things about people that they don't like. And sometimes people get mad at me. Players sometimes be mad at me. I have to ask you, like, has there been somebody that you told jokes about that got mad at you? Uh, I think they might not say that they're mad, but I watched a lot of like, you know, I do a lot of voiceovers on boxing on UFC. <laughs> I watched a lot of them boys hit the unfollow button. <laughs> <laughs> I say, okay, he, he he's hurt. He ain't like that one. Well, they might not tell me personally, but I'll be knowing like, okay, he, he ain't like that one too much. So like, some of my favorite artists and albums also had great skits. Yeah. The one of the things I love about you as a follow, and I learned from you as a follow. I was like, I gotta step my game up. Like you're creative, you're smart, you got your third party voices and all of that. Absolutely. So, how did you come up with the third party voice? In particular, one of my favorite phrases, "Big fella." Yeah. See, the thing people don't know, "Big fella" came because we was on a freeway. Me and Barry was on a freeway one time. And then this big Mack truck almost slapped into us. And, we, and I was just like, hold on, big fella. And then me and Barry just got to riffing big fella jokes that entire night. The next morning, I woke, woke up and I just used it in the skit. And people just took heed, heed to it. So it ain't like nothing that we just sit and come up with. Like a lot of this stuff just be stuff that you see in person or you freestyle and, and you put it out for the people. And if they love it, then you just keep rolling with it. So for you, as it relates to prep, preparing for a stand-up, yeah. And there are a lot of people that like say, I want to be in the league playing basketball 
or I want to do what you do, but they don't know the time you put in and how you study and how you prepare. So for you, if you're about to start writing a skit or Mm -hmm. a stand up, what goes into that process? Uh, See, the thing about the skits is like naturally when the camera, like in my, in my mind, I might come up with an idea the night before. And I'm like, okay, I'm shooting this tomorrow. I just know, wow. yeah, I just know the idea I want to shoot, and then whatever cut in my mind, I just keep it, and then I put it out for the people. But stand up, like a lot of these jokes, people. That's why we don't let allow cameras at our shows because bro, it take us two, three years to write a lot of these jokes. Mm. Like, like stand up comedy ain't no easy job to do. Like coming up with an hour set, that's mm. two, three, four, five years of. It's hard work. I only been doing stand up six, seven years, but like the OGs, the Mike Epps, the Chappelle's, and all that, like they they've been working on these sets for years, decades. Mm-hmm. Like that's why they we don't allow cameras at our shows. Mm-hmm. It's like if, you, if this get out now, I'm out of comedy for three years. What I'm finna do? Yep. Finna be working at Whole Foods now. I, I gotta I, give me give me two years. <laughs> yeah, for real. Because I went to the Chappelle shows when he was in Detroit, yeah. and I saw how much it even changed from the first night to the second night. Absolutely. But but I also saw how much it changed when it was finally played on Netflix. Definitely. So 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 tell me about that creative process. Yeah. Yeah, like see with with me, I the, everything I wrote, I think I it took me maybe 3 years to get this entire set together like and then when you go on stage a lot of the, a lot of the jokes might not work like you work a lot of your jokes out in in front of like like me I had to work my jokes out in front of 3 4000 people cuz I was already mm. famous so mm. me going That's in front tough. of yeah That's so I'm, I'm in front of 3 4000 people you ain't get a chance to practice in the gym without nobody looking I just had to go hoop Jalen I just had to right. go hoop. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're throwing you in the start lineup right now tonight. <laughs> right. Out of airball three, four times. My fault. I ain't wow. getting to go to practice this week. No you know? doubt. So that's what it was for me, like being thrown in front of three, four thousand people and having to take my, my lumps on the chin, like bombing in front of four or five thousand people and then going back to the comedy clubs and, and getting my set right. It took me three and a half years to like really become a real comedian. See, it's a difference between being funny and being a comedian. I'm a comedian. Mm. At first, I was just funny. Now I'm a mm. comedian that's funny. Please explain the difference between being funny and a comedian. See, see, being funny is just you going up there and you can you can rip and say anything funny. Like you right now, Jen, you can say something funny. But like being a complete comedian is going up there and telling the story and allowing people to come into your world and laughing at it and believing that it is true. Mm. That's what comedy is like. Tell I mean, most of this stuff is based off like the real life experiences that we went through. I mean, obviously. We, we might stretch it a little bit and put our little mm-hmm. sauce on it, but it'd be like yeah. real life uh, situations that we went through that make these things funny to us. What viral moment did you feel like I arrived? I think I think it was Gar. I think they because Gar was like the first time when I when I when I said Gar, I said this is crazy. I got Gar, gonna be a breeze and big fella in one video. So I so I, I really killed the game because I got I got three killing I got, it. I got three and one. So it was like I had guard, finna be a breeze, and big fella. And this was like 2016, I believe. It was like my first viral video, a million views, two hundred thousand likes, twenty thousand comments. I was like, bro, what's going on? I had never seen them type of numbers like on my page ever. So that was like one of my first, well, my first viral moment. Like, okay, we here now. We got to keep this going. No doubt. And before I get into my Gone in 60 Seconds rapid fire, 
I have to ask you this before I let you get out of here. Where can your fans, my people, our people find you? When your shows, when can we download your podcast? Like, tell us what you got going on. Uh, right now, what I got going on, I'm shooting stealing jokes right now. I'm actually on set right now. I say, but I, no. got, I, I got to get on with my dog. Got to, that's the must do. No. Appreciate that. You know, that's family right there. So we had appreciate to appreciate that. that. But this is our last week of filming, so we on set right now. So y'all got to get me. I got to get on with my family. I got to give me ten minutes right quick. That's love. We got to do that's this. That's love. Yeah. So I'm shooting stealing jokes right now. Uh, I got my podcast. You can find that at uh, High Davis on YouTube. We just did Bobby Smurder. We, we we obviously mm. did you. So we five episodes in. I appreciate you being the first one on the ever no grace the platform, man. That was no dope. Doubt. Um, uh, audio is everywhere. You can find audio everywhere. Like. Any anywhere you listen to your podcast, you can find Howard Davis podcast on there. So please, y'all go listen and tune in because we finna really get to work on the podcast. We not finna we not finna play. It's finna go down. Um, it's finna go down. It's finna go down. And before I let you get out of here, as I mentioned, I have a rapid fire segment yeah. called Gone in sixty seconds. You ready to do this, Ha Ha Davis? Let's do it. I'm ready. Okay. So the Double XL always had their freshman of the year. Uh-huh. And there's some of the greatest artists to be a part of that. Kendrick Lamar, Big Sean, J. Cole. So I have to ask you, including yourself, yeah. who are the freshmen of the year in comedy? This year? Yes, indeed. Uh, obviously me, DC Unfly, uh, Desi Banks, Drewski, and then you got to go with like a supreme dream. I love it. Yeah. If you had to delete all of your social media except one platform which one are you keeping gotta be instagram instagram is my baby that's the one that really put me put me on but twitter and facebook everything else can go even snapchat <laughs> keep all of them. <laughs> if you had to pick an iconic detroit landmark that isn't famous what would you choose um it's famous but it, i think it would have to be the giant slap Giant slider. That's the one. You gotta go with the giant slider. You ain't never, if you ain't never burnt your leg up, you ain't never got burnt going down the giant slide. You ain't from Detroit. Up and down the steps. Slide up and down that. That walk up the stairs is worth it every time. Just for that that half of 30 seconds of going down the slide. No doubt. That's classic Detroit right there. Giant slide. If if somebody was coming to Detroit. Where would you tell them to go eat? Oh, you got to go straight to the county. You got you got to get you, you got to get you two county dogs with everything on it and an eight-piece fried hard with chili and cheese on the fry. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, you have a lot of rappers who are fans of yours. If you can do an interlude for an entire album, which hip hop star would you choose to do skits on their records? Uh, it'll be it'll be Snoop obviously number one or it'll be Drake number two for me. I love to do some, mm. something crazy with Drake. I know it'll be dope. Shout to the OG Snoop. Shout to you, my brother Carlos Ha Ha Davis. Shout to my brother Envy, yeah. the East Side of Detroit. We doing this in the New York Post, the Renaissance man. I appreciate you, family. Take a time from set. I love you, brother. I appreciate you anytime. I love you. I appreciate you having. Me. That's mutual love and appreciate you too. Peace. Last call. Last call. I'd like to thank my brother, Ha Ha Davis, for stopping by the podcast. 
not only is he humbled and talented, but I'm so very excited to see what he does next. The one thing that stuck out to me, however, in our conversation is the ambition he still has. I know where he's from. East side of Detroit. Working a fast food drive through And yet, he's accomplished so much success and so very young in his career, you would think he's still bagging fries. He's still hungry. Even with all of his wins, he is nowhere near where he wants to be. I love that. I hope he's taking some time out to appreciate his position, why he's plotting his promotion, and I admire his work ethic so very much. Let that be a reminder to everyone that's listening. Continue to learn. Continue to grow. Continue to work until your life mirrors the hopes and dreams you actually have for yourself. I'm the Renaissance Man. See you next week.